0: So the reading is from Ephesians 5, verses 1 to 21. Christ God forgave you. Follow example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And to find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light, becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And this is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thanks be to God for the reading from his word.
1: Well, We continue with our autumn course on Ephesians. And we are today going to look at chapter, chapter 5, From Darkness to Light, which is very appropriate. I had no idea this <coughs> until the other day that what kind of day this was. And uh, it just um, blew me away really when I thought of all that we've got to go through with this um, Ephesians 5 Paul reminds the churches or the church of God's provision or promises, and there is a need of His <coughs> the glow from the light here a gra- of His grace and provision and His standing with God. Many of God's people are in a distant sort of place at the moment. And Paul's concern is that the church at Ephesus begins to slide back to its old way of life. And so God, Paul is reminding them, he's not condemning them, he's encouraging them to come back to the place where God wants them to be in him, to encourage them to rise up. As I was thinking about these, um, this talk or... This course uh, section in, in uh, Ephesians 5, God showed me one or two things. He showed me a picture of a man on his knees. And this man wasn't praying, but he was on his knees with a load of pressure upon him, holding him down. As I was looking at him, he was trying to get up, but the weight was so great. And I asked the Lord, is this one man, Lord, that you're speaking to me about? And then as I was saying that, a lot of other faces appeared behind him and he's still on his knees trying to get up. And God showed me that many people in the churches are weighed down with much pressure under a yoke, of keeping a week, big wheel going round from week to week, having meetings and all kinds of other things that hinder and stop the progress of the spiritual life of God's church. And I believe that the, in the that that well, God, God is saying even this morning that He wants to release His people to rise up and to stand and to focus on the things of God. And having done that, then everything else will fall into place. And so God's people are oppressed. But as Paul is speaking here to the Ephesians church, and it's a (coughs) circular letter, it also applies to the church here in um, Boston chapter 5 can be divided into four subsections which we've got up on the screen i want to begin by just focusing on verse 1 and then moving on to verse 3 and picking up there paul's concerns for the church verse 1 be imitators of god therefore as dearly loved children and live a life of love that is, <coughs> that is Christ loved and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering imitators of God and nothing else we can just be swayed to focus on human beings and we get attracted to where how they are and we, say, we can say that we want to be like so and so I want to be like this or I want to be like that or we look at a film star or some, someone um, very similar. And God wants us to take our eyes off other things that's distracting and to be imitators of God and walk in the light as he is in the light and to be a representative of Christ in the church and in the world. Then we move on, a spiritual battle. Verse 3, among you there must be, no, <coughs> be an e- no, even a hint of sexual immoral, <coughs> immorality, immorality, of any kind of impurity or greed, because these are imprepa- imp- improper for God's people. If an unclean spirit can get in to the church, or any other situation, it can spread like a, can- or a cancer and move very quickly through the church. It will then invite others, open the door for other spirits to come in. And so we need to be very wise and understanding and it's important why we stand in God. And our relationship with God is Uh, what we just say, at the best we can do in God. In other words, keep every door closed and that the spirit will not come in. And if it does, we'll know how to deal with it in the name of Jesus. Deal with the devil because it's a spiritual battle and he's trying to destroy the church and bring it down. And not just the building, but the people inside it and cause splits and all kinds of difficulties that will start to war against God's people. Watch our language, verse 4. Nor should there be obscurity, foolish talk or cross-joking, which are out of place rather than thanksgiving. I often say when I give a a word then most of it is based on my experience not theology. I try to put across what God has shown me and what he's shown me at the moment and this is where we go from here as God unfolds his mind to us and his will and the power of the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. Nor should there be obscurity, foolish talk or cross-joking. Coarse-joking is so common and we can be drawn into it. According to the people that we associate with, unless we're strong in God, we can be drawn back into the jokes and the jokes just get, worse and worse and worse with a lot of foul language and all the rest of it but that isn't something that will bring glory to God how can we speak for God if our mouth has been full of abuse and godlessness God wants pure vessels and people that will flow in his love and purpose that will spread love into other people's lives so we can't be in one We can't sit on the fence or be in one camp one minute and then on Sunday be in another camp, the church. God wants us to be a person who is seen to be what they are and that is light, not darkness. What is in the heart comes out of the mouth. What we have in our hearts and what our focus is And what we are inside comes out of the mouth. You know that your tongue can be healed. God will heal the tongue. James chapter 4 or chapter 5 talks about the dangers and the tongue. Life and death through the tongue. Often I'm always asking God to heal my tongue. And I've been doing that for years from all the past stuff that wants to invade my life now, I have to stand firm on what God has called me to be and what his word tells me to be and that is to be a clean vessel fit for the master's use. And collectively together this course basically is inviting us as a church to start to grow back into the things of God. The Ephesian church is, as Paul, I've already said, it was a letter to encourage and build up the church of Christ Jesus. Our lifestyle, verse 5, For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, and has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. If you want God's inheritance, accept God's terms. I often, years ago, heard someone say that if you want the blessings that God has given me and all is doing for me, then put your trust in Christ and receive Christ into your life all things will come when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all these things will be added to you. As a young man in the Salvation Army hostel, there was a man there called Arthur Ford who grabbed hold of me in a sense and started to encourage me and teach me and help me to move in God. One thing that really hit me, he said, John, seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. So if we want God's inheritance, we have to do it God's way. God's promises are not for everyone, only for those who finish well. A lot of people start well in the Christian faith, but but obviously a lot don't make it through and overcome. Jesus said, we have to overcome to go into the kingdom and the presence of God. So God's promises are not for everyone, only for those who finish well. So we've got to keep pressing on, not looking back, not getting oppressed and, being put down by the enemy because we have got to recognise that this is a spiritual battle and he keeps coming at us and if we're not in the place where God wants us to be we will be crushed and we will want to get out and we will just not be able to go forward but in Christ all things are possible. Greater is he who is in us and it's his church and we've been brought in and we become children of God when we put our trust in him. And there's no room for sitting on the wall because the Holy Spirit might come and knock us off. Verses 16 to 14. We're moving on now to negative consequences. Let no one deceive you with empty words For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Don't be easily led. Come out from amongst them. I don't know what your friends are, your associates are, but we can get mixed up with the wrong people. And some of us can be easily led. And listen to empty words. Come out from amongst them and be separate. Some people can butter us up. Empty words and promises and we listen to them but the only empty, the only words we need to be listening to are the words of the Bible. Be strong in him. You know if we, if we one thing one minute and pulled in different directions our witness will not stand. We'll not be able to continue in what God wants us to be but he wants us to overcome and rise up and start to be the person or the woman that God wants us to be in the church. Some people will butter you up. I'm sure you know about those people. Tell you things that you want to hear and not what we need. Getting free, verse 7, Therefore do not be partakers with them. I was once in a spiral of godlessness, And it went on for years and years and years. And once you get involved in that kind of a a situation, it's very difficult to get out of it. And of course, when I was involved in that kind of (coughs) situation, I was certainly not walking in God. I was backslidden and I was in a miserable place. And the only friends that I had at the time were godless people who would butter me up who would draw me into things and it was difficult to get out of it particularly when you're drinking with them and you're up to no good you're just, uh, you're just caught up in it in godlessness there was one person though that I associated with quite a lot and then on the 15th of March 1979 on that evening, God came into my life in a powerful way and delivered me and set me free and I've never been the same since, permanently, radically changed. Now then, the following morning, this chap that I associated with, his first name was Archie. He's no longer with us anymore, but he stood at the door when I opened it and he said, John, you've changed. And he was sort of shaking and um, I said, Archie, I'm not coming out with you anymore. And with that, he just turned and went away. But he obviously seen something that God had done in my life that night, and it really spoke to him. But I knew that I'd had a facelift, and God had changed me completely and brought me out, and I was set free. I could go on all morning how how God began to work in my life from that time on. I've never been the same person since, getting free. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. There's no future in it. The only future is following Christ and doing God's will. Knowing God and finding his will is the most important thing in life. I can't understand and I can't work it out how people can go through life and never find God in a relationship. Humanistic thinking doesn't cut the mustard. I mean our bodies and our spirits were made to fill, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're spiritual beings, we... We're made as a spiritual being, body, soul and spirit and without the Holy Spirit in our lives we're incomplete. It's like a car trying to run on six cylinders but only can com- only com- <coughs> manage three cylinders. All things become a burden and hopelessness sets in and without Christ in the centre of our lives we're not going to ch- achieve much in our life. If we move on to verse 8, we are God's light to the world. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. It doesn't say that we were under darkness. It's saying that we was darkness. We was darkness. We were blinded to the truth. We were in a prison, a spiritual prison, and darkened. We couldn't see the ends of our noses. We we were lost. All our righteousness was like filthy rags. And we couldn't do anything to help ourselves. We know that God loves us so much, he sent Jesus to die for us. For you were once darkness, and I admit that I was dark in a dark place. But it doesn't come quickly for some people. It's a process of growing, making a decision to put Christ in the centre of our lives and then start to maintain a regular walk with him. It may be up, there will be peaks and troughs. There will be times when we can't cope anymore there'll be times when we're rejoicing and we look back and say, thank you, Lord, for what you did and I can see what you did all those years ago. But at the time, I couldn't see it. But thank you, Lord, I'm here now. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow hasn't come yet. We've only got today. But I'm here and I'm growing in God. And there's no, um, what would you say, there's no medal for those that give up, we were not in darkness. Our light will attract others. I remember when I, before I became <coughs> to Christ in a powerful way, every Sunday morning a man used to walk past my window and he had a Bible under his arm and he was walking through the estate with his Bible under his arm, very proudly and upright and stiff, and he just looked different. And for me to see this man walking past the window every Sunday morning with the Bible under his arm really spoke to me. It was like the light from him was coming into me, and I was becoming uh, convicted of not being able to do the same. Our light will attract others. If Jesus wouldn't do it or go there, neither should we. If Jesus wouldn't do it or go there, neither (coughs) should we. I think the whole purpose of today's message in Ephesians chapter 5 is to basically drop everything from the past, stand up, put our shoulders back, and a head up and start to walk forward in God. Knowing that the only way that we can live in a purposeful life is to know God's purpose and God's will and to move forward in him as individuals and corporately. And we need each other to be able to do that. We can't do it on our own. We need each other. When God placed us together in this fellowship, in this church, he knew what he was doing. He brought people in here that we can associate with with the various different gifts for to fulfil his purpose. And so it's God's will that we're here this morning and not our own will. Often we can't see the wood for the trees, but the power of the Holy Spirit is working in our lives all the time, directing our paths. When we feel that we're down, sometimes the Holy Spirit is allowing it because he wants to change us and break us from the past and bring us into what he's got for us now. And that's our purpose. When we go from this place, we actually become what God wants us to be and when we come back in we don't change, we're the same person out there as what we are in here, seven days a week it's it's a life a consistent life of coming into the kingdom of God and God's family and be part of it by his grace now where was I? you are God's light to the world what do people think when they see us going out of here on Sunday mornings and then maybe on Tuesday see someone else going down the road that isn't the same person that I saw on Sunday was it you know like the, the people watch us and I know that on where Pam and myself live there's a lady that gets upset almost if we don't. she doesn't see us coming out on Sunday morning to go to church. She wants to know why we've not gone to church. She's watching. She gets some kind of an uplift out of seeing us doing what she would like to do. But she's not able to do it. But it's only the light through our lives that will attract and touch other people's lives. And if we're not doing what God wants us to do, We're never going to get that light shining through to attract others. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Keep pressing on, verse verse 9. For the fruits of the Spirit consist of all goodness and righteousness and truth. These qualities reflect God's character. Altogether they give a Christ filled life. Verse 10 says and find out what pleases the Lord. How would you know what pleases God? If I was to ask you what is God or what is God pleased with in your life or what you're doing? My experience is it's an inner Witness. If I'm not in the will of God, I have a witness and I'm in the wrong place and I need to change. If I'm not doing what God wants me to do now, then I'm miserable. But if I'm doing what God wants me to do, I've got peace and I know that I'm doing what God's will is. Find out what pleases God in your life and you will know if you're not doing what God pleases God you will know and we become sensitive by the Holy Spirit as we begin to grow and we become more sensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit and he will quicken us and show us things that we don't understand be careful then how you live and as you get more advanced, in the th- as we get more older and wiser we become to realise how sensitive we are to things around us and we want to become sensitive to the things that we shouldn't be doing. Be careful then how you live. Verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather Expose them. Be bold in God and nail your colours to the mast. Someone said to me over nearly 50 years ago nail your colours to the mast, John, and let them know who and what you are. We can't be ashamed, wherever we are in our daily lives, of keeping it quiet that we are a born again believer. And we just leave it like that. So we're one thing one day and one thing again another day. But if we nail our colours to the mass, if you start a new job or you go somewhere new, straight away let them know what you believe. Let them know by your lifestyle, the things that you say. And as we progress like that, people will start to say, what is different about you Why are you always happy? Why are you jovial? And then you can say, I believe in Christ, he's my saviour, whatever way the Lord would want you to put it. But be bold in God. The Holy Spirit brings us to a place where we can be bold because we know that we know that we know that greater is he who is inside us than him who is in the world. Paul instructs us to expose dark deeds, to expose things that we know are, are in darkness and we need wisdom and grace to be able to do it and who to speak to and how to go about it and the Holy Spirit will show us how to do that. So we instruct us instructs us to expose dark deeds. We could enlarge on what dark deeds are. Deeds are not of God. But silence can be interpreted as approval. So in circumstances, if we go along and with, with the situation and we don't speak out, that can be interpreted As an approval with what's going on. So have faith to speak. Be bold in God. Commit yourself to him in such a way that you know that you know that all heaven is behind you when you speak. We have the backing of heaven behind us in whatever we're doing because in us is greater, he who is in us is greater than him who is in the world. The devil has been <coughs> been defeated. Satan has been crushed. His power over us has been annulled by the blood of Jesus on the cross. He came to save and to seek those who were lost. Light makes all things visible. Verse 13, everything is exposed by the light, even sh- the light even shines in our hearts. The light will shine into a man's heart. I was trying to find out the meaning in the Greek, what light is. What it comes up with, that light will shine into our hearts and it will shine into darkness. It will expose the darkness. The light exists and it's God because God is light. My grandmother used to say to me, never shut the curtains, John, before it gets dark. Never shut the light out. (coughs) We've become a light to the world. In verse 14, for it is light that makes everything visible. Again, over 40 years ago, at the church where I was at the time, we used to do a lot of door knocking. I don't think you could quite do that now, but I remember going on the doors, knocking and telling them that I'd come from the church and telling them what Jesus had done for me. And I didn't go out just one night a week, I was going out quite regularly because I discovered when we witness for Christ like that, we become very happy and it's contagious. And the more that we do it, the more we enjoy it and want to do more of it. But The key is getting started to do it. And I remember on this estate, there was a path in front of me that led right up to um, a person's door. And I knew that God wanted me to walk up this path and knock the door, which is what I did. And this lady came to the door. I said, I introduced myself and told her that I was from the local church, asked her how she was going on, etc. And she looked at me and said, All right. And out of the corner of her eye, something else was looking at me. Now, All I know is it was a personality but it wasn't her. And as this was looking at me, I began to shake inside. And it was there was no words, it was just like I knew that this thing was saying, I'm here, what are you gonna do about it? And I'm convinced that my me standing there had exposed something within that person. It's the light that brings it to light. All I could do at that point was to get home as quick as I could and start praying. Because I'm, God was showing me really what I was up against, the reality of it. Spoke to the pastor about it, and he said, "Yes, John, we know about that lady. That was an unclean spirit, or that was an ungodly spirit. That you was, that you that was." looking at so light don't expect to be surprised that if things just pop up before you and you can't understand why because the Holy Spirit within us will attract and draw others to us and open things up that we're able to see in the darkness that we wouldn't otherwise see without his help Verse 15 to 17 promotes wisdom. All up there on the, Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but wise. We all need principles to live by. We all need principles to live by, but the right principles. Not our own principles. Not our own principles but God's principles. Not, I do it my way. I, I'm going to do it my way. I know my, I know the way. I know what's best for me. That doesn't work. Take it from me. We need principles of the right kind. And that only comes from reading the Bible, praying to God, speaking to him knowing what God's word is for us today, growing in the things of God, putting him first in our lives, shutting out the past. Don't listen to the rubbish that wants to invade our minds. Fill our minds every morning with the Spirit. Lord, wash my mind with the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me this morning, Lord, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, what are you calling me to do today? What's on your heart, Lord, for me to do today? Be very careful then how you live. This is reality, because if we're not careful, the devil will be on our case and we won't know how to deal with him. Lord, what do I do next? Verse 16. Making the most of every opportunity because the day's are are evil. There is, a need, there is an urgency to get on with the job. Now I've been in ministry over 40 years and over those 40 years it's been a culmination of meeting after meeting, committee meeting for this, committee meetings for that, waiting for people to get off their backside and get out and do something. And it's almost like people feel that they've landed when they become a committee member. Particularly if they become the chairman. In the charity that I had, I must have had about three or four different groups of people over the years as trustees. And it's almost like once they get in a position like that, they take over. So there's an urgency to get on with the job and do it now and not put it off. Particularly on the island, everything happens in about three weeks' time, doesn't it, Pam? Hmm? (laughs) Call for a plumber, you'll probably get him in about a month. Make the most of every opportunity. You know, the Holy Spirit will speak to us and there'll be just an open window to be able to do something at that particular time. And if we don't do it, we miss the opportunity that the Lord was making for us to do it. Get on with the job and do it now, today. Verse 17 there, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Faith is the key, I found, to hearing from God. And there are many different ways like reading the Bible, praying, listening to other people. But for me, I learnt it's by faith. I remember sitting in a church one day in the home church and God spoke to me or was showing me something but I hadn't got the faith to speak it out. And then I learnt that God only speaks to faith. If we've got faith, God can speak to faith and we react to it. But if our faith is, if we haven't got the faith to believe that what God is doing or saying to us to be able to communicate that, and it won't go forward, it it won't come out. But we learn by mistakes. You might just say a couple of words, utter it, and that's a start. And as we start to grow and learn to communicate with the Holy Spirit, we'll begin to grow into the, into the things of God. Faith is the key to hearing from God. When we speak or when we read a word and it speaks to us, by faith we take hold of it. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me through that word. You might have a brother or sister come up to you and just say something and you think, oh, that, twi- that, that rings bells with me. Thank you, Lord, I've got that. I understand what you're saying. But it's faith in the end of the day to be able to receive it and give it. Receive it and give it. Whatever we're doing in our lives. Gosh, I'm sorry about the time. Verses 18 to 21. How to interact with one another. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the Holy Spirit alcohol gives us uh, uh, an immediate high we get an immediate high from alcohol and some of us will know that but it's not lasting You come down again with a thick headache and a miserable face and and all the rest of it but when we have the Holy Spirit he gives a permanent high He's with us. He doesn't change. He lifts us up day by day. He guides our life, and that's we're totally fulfilled in Him. So be filled with the Holy Spirit and not filled with alcohol. Getting drunk is part of the old life. It's going back, as Paul was concerned about the Ephesian church going back into the world. I've been teetotal now for over 40 years. Before that, I probably used to drink about 10 or 20 pints a day. But when the Holy Spirit came into my life, it all went out. And the same with smoking as well. That went. God cleaned me up. And that's what he wants to do. Clean us up. Speak, verse 19... Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Praise and worship. I know that praising God, I've spoken to Andrew about this, that when we come into the presence or come into the presence of God, we come with thanksgiving. We thank God for all that he's done and all that he is doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for that. Lord, thank you for bringing me here today. Thank you for for giving me the food, everything that God is doing for us, we thank him. And that brings us into the presence where we can praise him. So to come in the presence of God, we thank him and then praise him. Enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And that brings God's presence. And even as we, in our day-to-day Uh, lives we can just give thanks and praise to God and it will lift us up I know often that when Pam is up in the morning she goes into the shower and I can hear her often praising God and worshipping God and it's very encouraging it encourages us as we start the day particularly feeling down take heart. Feeling down this morning, a little bit under the weather? Take heart. All things work together for good for those who love God and put their trust in God. In all things God works for our good if we love him. Romans chapter 8 verse 22. So it's faith again. When we get setbacks when we get into a trough things are not working right what's going on in this Lord if we can look at it like God is working his purposes out for our good then we'll go through it with his grace Jesus by the presence of his Holy Spirit will take us through we need each other verse 21 submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So esteem others and welcome others. So let's esteem one another. Let's encourage one another this morning. Let's go to someone and encourage them and just try and find out a little bit about their circumstances. Perhaps there's somebody in the church you've never ever spoken to. Go to them and introduce yourself. When new people come through the door, hello, nice to see you, welcome. Let's open our lives up. Let's esteem others better than ourselves with that mentality. I've noticed, I don't know how long have we been coming to the church, four years now, and I've seen great strides in that actually to how it was when we first came. And God is at work and God wants to encourage us The Apostle Paul doesn't want to condemn us and keep us down. All he's trying to do is lift us up and encourage us to take hold of the things of God. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In conclusion, thanks be to God who uses us to spread an aroma of the knowledge of him Everywhere. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. An aroma is a sweet, strong, pleasant, pleasing perfume. How do we spread an aroma for Christ? How would you spread the aroma for Christ? Two ways, through our words witnessing to others. Just speaking loving words to others. Spreading that aroma from the Holy Spirit within our lives. Just being gentle and spreading and witnessing to others. And through our lives, doing deeds of Christ. Sacrificial deeds, going the extra mile to help people. Ringing people up and asking them how they are. You know people that are on their own. Perhaps you might want to go and visit them. Doing deeds, going the extra mile. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. For what we've inherited in our nation. For those who have kept faith with the word of God and their testimony in Christ. And Lord, we know that you have a purpose for each one of our lives this morning. Each one of our lives is touched by you in a special way for a special ability to bring glory to you and to build your church. Father, I pray for a mighty breakthrough in the church and in our lives that will take us forward as a unit that will bring glory to you. And this morning, Lord, as we walk out the church, we walk out in you, that we can demonstrate to all those outside who are in darkness that we are the light. Holy Spirit, I pray, will you come now and fill your people with your power strength. Father, send the Holy Spirit, I pray, on each one of us. Come with healing, Lord. Set the captives free and bring peace and blessing. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for all that you are and all that you do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.